0: This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptist and the Baptist Messenger. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this special Messenger Insight edition. I'm Brian Hobbs, your host. Really thrilled to be joined with Pastor Jeremy Freeman. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Well, I need to say, great, author and and pastor, because you have a new (laughs) book out— Hashtag, but God, the power of hope when catastrophe crashes in. and That's right. Thrilled to tell our audience as we record this today is... The book's launch day, right? That's it, man. This is launch day. What a what an amazing journey you've been on. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you think about a book project like this, this is a big undertaking. But why did God put it on your heart of let's put this in a book?
1: You know, it's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot my whole life. I wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was a child, I'd get out the yellow notebooks and write. You know, and and uh, but I never thought a book would come about this way. Yeah. And so people say, how long did it take you to write the book? Uh, it's really been a lifetime project um, because this is our our journey, um, and we can talk more about that, but why write it? I mean, honestly, the night of Caleb's accident, December 19, 2017, God really put it on my, heart, my wife's heart. You need to journal. Write these things down. We didn't know that it would be in a book, but we really wanted to document what God was doing. And then fast forward five years, and we were contacted by a publisher, Thomas Nelson, said, we'd like to tell your story. And so we've just tried to be faithful to the doors that God's opened. So we like to say we didn't necessarily really pursue this, but when God opens a door, man, you walk
0: right through it. That's right. Well, we we appreciate your faithfulness, Thank you know, Baptist you. Messenger readers, and uh, you've been on the podcast before, and we've talked about just what happened that that fateful night with yep. uh, the Caleb's automobile accident, and of course your other son who uh, went on to be okay was in the vehicle and. Yep. Just take us back to that original night. You talk about it in the book, that first – those first outlooks on things. Yeah. Can you describe some of that and just as you reflect even now? Yeah.
1: One of the things I'll say, even people that know our story, this book is a much deeper dive into that. So if somebody says, oh, I know that story. Well – I still encourage you to read it because there's so much more in here than we were able, uh, even able, ever able to say when we travel and go speak in places. So, so that night uh, I had done a funeral that morning as a pastor. Funeral director offered me tickets to this OU basketball game. Called my son Caleb, said you want to go? Trey Young was playing uh, for OU. Everybody wanted to go. He said yes. So I had to go get these tickets. From the funeral director to his home, he gave me the tickets. And I said, Caleb, I'm going to need to meet you so that I can give you the tickets and you have time to get to the game. So we picked a spot off the highway. Uh, We met a place that was near our house in Newcastle, Oklahoma, and uh, gave him the tickets. He went one way. I went the other. 10 minutes later, I walk in my house, my phone rings, says Caleb Freeman, and it's the parents' worst nightmare. There was a man on the other line, said, sir, do you have two sons? There was no hello, no my name is, it was, do you have two sons? I said, who is this? Why do you have my son's phone, that whole thing? He said, do you have two sons? And I said, yes. He said, well, they've been in an accident. How quickly can you get here? And then it just kind of, I mean, it turned into utter panic. And my wife and I get in the car, and we, we speeded the accident scene, trying to get there as quickly as possible. But it's one of those things that a parent just dreads, you know, uh, getting that call. Your heart goes from zero to 100. And, um, and we had a lot of panic, a lot of desperate pleas. I mean, we were crying out to God in that car, God, please spare our son. You know, our, our son Trey had passed away four years before mm-hmm. that. And just the thought of losing another child was unbearable. I mean, literally unbearable. And we begged God to spare Caleb, and he did.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. It, and as I look at the book and and have read passages, how just the intensity of what you all experience and there's some journaling in here that people yes, will get. That's and right. Something that you know really everyone at some season of life will go through some kind of suffering or grief. That's right. and, and something that I appreciate about this book is how What you're sharing resonates of what God can do when trial comes in. And you speak with such credibility on it. Why was it important to include that journaling for you all?
1: Well, two reasons. One, Emily, my wife, she's the rock, man. And uh, she just has such a a beautiful relationship with God and communicates uh, that very clearly. And her journal entries were such a real, raw kind of depiction of what we were going through. And we want this book to be real. This is not any kind of a uh, uh, you know some some kind of flowery uh, journey of of the ease or you know that you go through with suffering. This has been a real, hard journey for our whole family. And we try to be real and raw about that. And her journal entries speak both to the heartache and the hope that we felt uh, in the middle of our journey. And so, Emily would just write these things down and we couldn't include all of them, but we included some of the best ones. There's actually a couple of journal entries from Caleb in here. Later on down the road, yeah. he would send me a text message and we included that in here. A couple of journal entries from me because we tried to journal this whole journey every day when Caleb was in, in the hospital. So for, I mean, over two years, we every single day we would write something. So we documented this pretty well, not knowing that it would ever be in a book. We documented it because we wanted to recount God's faithfulness uh, in the midst of our suffering. And maybe that would encourage somebody along the way. So these journal entries are very powerful. Uh, Every chapter is very powerful, but it's just a real honest look
0: at how faithful God is in the midst of your suffering. That's awesome, and I love. You know, it seems like even from the first moments, this hashtag but God yes. theme mm. rose to the top. Absolutely. Why did you choose that as the title for the book, and 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 then maybe also talk about the forward from David Platt and how he connects all that.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I'd say God is just, his timing, the way he leads is perfect. So we talked about all different ideas for the title, but but God has been, it it would be almost ridiculous to title it anything other than that, Mm -hmm. you know, because where it came from real quick, the night we're in the ER, the first night, they weren't giving us any updates on Caleb, I pulled this nurse to the side. I said, ma'am, can you give me an update on my son? And she said, has no one talked to you yet? And I said, no. And she said, I don't know how to tell you this, but your son needs a miracle. And that's when I almost dropped to the ground. I sent a message to my family, to our staff, and said, here's what the doctors and nurses are saying. I typed in two words, but God. I didn't even know what I was saying other than, and God's going to have to step in. And I didn't know it'd ever be on a t-shirt or on a book or anywhere. It was just a lifeline at that point. So, but God became our theme. They would say, Caleb's never going to walk again, but God. Caleb's never going to go back to school again, but God, right? It became our declaration that God has the final say. Nobody has the final say but God. So that's where that came from. So when David Platt agreed to write the forward, which I could not just believe he was willing to do. He's so busy and and, and we don't know each other deeply. You know, we have some mutual acquaintances that connected us, but he sent me this letter one day he said he read But God on the airplane, and he was in tears because God used the book in his life through some struggles he's going through. And he sent me this real personal letter that I will hold on to forever. and um but the Ford alone is worth reading the book because david David Platt's Ford, he starts out with two words, but God, two of the most beautiful words in the Bible. So, um, the whole thing came together in a way that was but God. I mean God did it. So we just give him praise for that.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's powerful. And and he articulates that's actually a scriptural theme we see a lot, you know, Jesus died on the cross, but God raised him from the 100%, dead. 100%. And yes. then Joseph what was meant for evil but, but God. God and just powerful. Well, in the back of the book,
1: Brian, I do a seven-day devotional, a seven-day But God devotional. So I take seven of the best But God passages in the Bible that speak to
0: me, and I do a devotion on each one of those. So it's all throughout the book. How can pastors, how could a church get copies? You know, this is the type of book you not only want to get and read for yourself, but you want to give to people through seasons of life. What's the best way?
1: Yeah, there's a website, uh, butgodthebook.com, and that allows you to get kind of information. You can download a free chapter. It has a list. The the book's available wherever books are sold. But budgodthebook.com kind of gives an overview to that. Also, I'll tell you this. I'm really encouraging pastors and leaders to think about this because you can order the book in bulk for 40% off. And if you want to buy it for your Sunday school classes or small groups or maybe a men's ministry or women's ministry, something like that, uh, you may want to even go through it as a church. You can get the book for 40% off. And all that information is butgodthebook.com. And uh, that to me would be really helpful for churches, ministries, buy it for your coworkers, neighbors. It's just a great way to get hope in people's hands.
0: That's right. That's awesome. I would encourage anyone to do that. The other year I was talking with someone who was going through a season of grief, and I wanted to get my hands on a good Christian book about suffering yeah. and grief and hope. There's real, there's plenty of leadership books out there, but yeah. there aren't as many about that topic that you think of. And so this fits right in that niche. Right. I mean, anyone through any kind of suffering could find the hope of Jesus through this. And we'll hear, Jeremy, we've been talking a lot about Caleb Freeman. Let's take a quick break and we'll bring the the man himself back on.
2: We all know the greatest problem in the world is lostness. We also know God has a plan to respond to lostness, the local church taking the gospel into all the world. In Acts 1-8, he tells us to start from where we are and go into all the world with the good news. Your local church is called to reach your community, then your state, our nation, and on to the world. Here's where the cooperative program comes in. The CP is a bridge through which local church missions funds are sent to reach the world. The local church reaches their community, and through the CP, they resource ministries in your state convention, the North American Mission Board, our six seminaries, and the International Mission Board. The great thing about the CP is that it's the one thing we all do that impacts everything we do. By giving to your church, and your church giving through the cooperative program, we take the good news everywhere together.
0: Well, and we're back. Caleb Freeman, welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's good to see you. I love your shirt.
3: Well, it's good to be
0: seen. Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> and thank you for the compliment on the shirt. This happens to be my favorite Bugatti shirt. <laughs> that's awesome the
1: black one the black one the because
3: owl. I know uh, the lizards obviously can't hear Sorry, I say it's a black, black I shirt. No, they can
1: hear and they can see. This is audio and video, bro. Absolutely. And
0: they, they could see your dad's right got here. some cool swag, too. That's it, man. The, yeah. the, the, we have these just for our
1: family. So. Do you
0: think there will ever be a necktie, Jeremy? <laughs> I uh, probably one person I would like to no, Maybe no, a
1: necktie, but yeah. also some socks. We there, could use some socks. Some socks. socks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going
3: to It's my commitment before yeah. I die to get that
0: necktie for you. Okay. Okay, just for Brian. Thank you. Mm. Well, hey, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. We've thank been talking you. good about you, just what God's done in your life. And what's it like to be part of a book now, Caleb, and have your story out there?
3: Well, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, now I would come to these events out of my personal enjoyment Before I had the book made about me, like, I would come out of my personal enjoyment just because I enjoyed it. But now that I have a book out about me, I feel like I have to come to this (laughs) moral obligation. Oh, is that right? Because if I don't show for this, I get fined. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to get a fine. That's right. Uh, Brian, that's right. you have to
1: understand, this guy has a crazy sense of humor. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. he's obviously talking crazy right
0: now.
3: I am yeah. telling the truth. I don't want to get a fine. No
0: fine. There will be yeah. no fine, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> well, so y'all have been doing a lot of speaking yes. at churches. And uh, mm-hmm. is how has God been using all that as you appear together as father-son? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. i tell you something that's been kind of fun for me is Uh, My dad is an evangelist, so I grew up watching him do public Mm -hmm. school assemblies, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've been asked to go speak in a lot of public schools lately, which is pretty amazing. Now, we have to be really careful about what we say and not say, but Caleb and I have learned how to do the public school assembly by being motivational and talking about overcoming, positive attitude, but then we can invite them to wherever we're speaking that night. Mm -hmm. So we'll say, if you want to hear more of the story or where, where Caleb's hope really is, Come tonight to ex-Baptist Church and we'll share about that. So we've been able to share in schools, churches, conventions, conferences. We're actually speaking at the end of the month at the Oklahoma Tax Assessors oh, annual man. meeting. So, That's so cool. our journey's yeah. taking us everywhere, Brian. Everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, and something I love, Caleb has never met a stranger. I mean, everywhere you go, you tell what what do you tell them about Jesus whenever you meet someone?
3: Well, the first thing I wanted to tell. Everyone that I meet, I feel like I'm still on this earth, not for myself, but to encourage others. So, the thing I want to tell people, first and foremost, is that Jesus loves them. Yes. Because Jesus really does love them. And in the world we're living in, it's so sad when people go out, go there the whole day, and they never hear. Anyone loves them. That's right. Because I know that is such a lie because they are loved by Jesus, so they're worth being told.
0: Mm-hmm. I love seeing the looks on people's faces when they hear, you know, Jesus loves you. That's right. And they get to just—you would mentioned that moment where they said, you're going to need a miracle. That's right. He, he is a walking, talking, talking miracle. miracle. And I'm, I'm so glad he, uh, he's just— Bless so many, and and the young people are really resonating. Well, I'll with tell you this.
1: this: what's amazing about Caleb, we were actually talking about this today with with our staff at the church. Uh, what makes Caleb's uh, really unique is that he actually makes each person that he meets feel like they're the only person in the room, right? Yeah. So, and whether there's thousands or just a few, when he talks to you, it's very personal. It's very intentional, and people don't do that today, you know, and. And I think that's, so I think people get that vibe. So when he talks to students, the students lock in. Number one, he's close to their age, but Mm -hmm. two, they just, they're like, this young man, he shouldn't be here. He should be sad. He should be frustrated about his life, but he's very content. He's very motivated, but he's also the most positive person that I know. So, Caleb's on a mission, and he's to point people to Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, people should be following the book. Could you give us that website one more time, yeah. Jeremy? Yeah, it's
1: butgodthebook.com. butgodthebook.com, and that's where they can go get all the information about the book. Our bios and things like that are on there, and uh, it also allows us the opportunity to uh, interact, and so they yeah. can contact us through there and things like that as well. But com.
0: Perfect. And so, you know, we're family as yep. Oklahoma Baptists, Body of Christ. Oh, yeah. Something people would want to know, this actual studio where we're recording this had, right. had a little bit of a role in, in, in the book. That's and right. And that'll be coming in the in the future. It's actually out mind? now. Is Okay, yeah. yeah. Share, do you mind sharing uh, that, Jeremy? Yeah, you can Yeah, you that. yeah go It's out today. That's That's right. right.
1: No, the the audio book is out today. And uh, I recorded it for about eight hours or eight to 10 hours. I forget how long it was right here in the studio. So Oklahoma Baptist have had a big part in allowing us to get that book out in an audio form. Uh, it's a lot of people that enjoy listening to books as opposed to reading the book. And Caleb had one little quote on there as well, and then my wife recorded her journal entry. So it's her voice reading the journal entries, my voice reading the book, and then Caleb has the opening quote uh, in the uh, in the book. So it's perfect. pretty special.
0: Yeah, That's perfect. Well, anything we can pray for you all on as we come to the end of our, our time today? Caleb, and, how can they pray for
3: you, man? Uh, well, honestly, like, a lot of people, when they want to pray for me, they would think I'm the one that's speech healed or restored fully and want like running and walking or restored fully. Mm-hmm. I would say, I'd say, no, because I see Jesus really using my disabilities for his glory. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I just pray for God's will in my life. I pray. I would ask if you please, please pray for more doors to open up and more opportunities to turn around the country and share this story that God's given me to bring a lot of people to Jesus.
1: That's right. That's the goal. And just, you know, we really are just praying that God uses this story for his glory. And you know, Caleb and I like to say it's, it's, it's not about making anybody else's name great, but God's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like my friend Michael Staten, he wrote an endorsement in the book. He talks about how you know our pain was real, our faith is real, but more importantly, the God that's carried us is real. Yeah. And that that's a really strong uh, statement, but it's a reality for us. Like We are where we are because God has been faithful to us. We know what it's like to lose a child. We know what it's like for God to begin to restore a child and live with challenges. And God is faithful. So this book can be summed up in one line. I like to say that you can trust Jesus Christ in death in life and in everything in between, that's how good and faithful he is.
3: On oh, one last Amen. encouragement, I would like to give: um, you're never gonna live out your faith to the fullest mm-hmm. until it becomes real to you. It's right. like for me, me personally, before the wreck, I, I, I would say it was a Christian, mm-hmm. but that was just because my that was the pastor. And it was for more of the appearance. Yeah. But when this wreck happened, I showed me Jesus really is still performing miracles on this earth. That's right. So it became so much more real to me. And, like, once it becomes real to you, that's when it will go from something you feel
0: like you have to do Mm -hmm. to something you feel like you want to do. That's right.
1: Head to heart. Head to heart.
0: That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, brothers, thank you for coming on today. Thanks it's for a, having it's us. It's an honor to record this on the launch day, That's and right. we'll, It'll be published at BaptistMessenger.com in coming days. And thank you again for your ministry and the gospel.
1: Thank you, Brian. Well, Thanks for thank having us. You us.
0: God bless. God bless you, God bless brother. You. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at BaptistMessenger.com or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists. Advancing the Gospel Together.